0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. Thanks so much for tuning in. Before we start, I want to remind everyone watching on YouTube to subscribe, like, and comment below. Uh, training camp is coming up in two weeks, and we're going to have a ton of content for you guys, so I definitely want to hear um, what you guys have liked, what you guys want me to talk more about, uh, and I'm going to dig into that. Um, if you have been paying attention, watching, listening the past couple of weeks, you know that we have been doing a roundabout trip through the AFC East, diving into enemy territory. Uh, and that AFC East preview wraps up this week with the New England Patriots. Uh, so we're going up north to Foxborough to check in on New England, uh, see what their offseason has been up to. And to do that, I brought on a very special guest, Phil Perry, a Patriots reporter, for NBC Boston, Phil, how you doing,
1: man? I'm doing great, Daniel. Uh, we've got some breaking news on the Patriots Me front, too. so I'm just uh, shooting out a quick tweet or two. It is the end of the Nikhil Harry era in New England, and so I'm sure we will spend you know a full, I don't know, 30 minutes or so talking about his time with the New England Patriots. Oh, That's man. what all the people want to all, all the people want to hear, right?
0: Oh, yeah. So it was, a, it was an infamous uh, tenure for, for him, for Harry, in New England. Yeah, we're definitely going to get into some of the offensive pieces there. Obviously, one of those offensive pieces is no more in uh, New England. Um, but I really want to start on something that has caught my attention. It kind of caught the attention of some Dolphins fans. They had a little fun with this. Um, so long story short, uh, longtime offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels left to become the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, a big void left. Obviously, he had a really nice rapport with then rookie Mac Jones. Um, to date, the uh, excuse me, the Patriots haven't really, you know, announced the successor, somebody to fill that void. There are reports that 2 longtime uh, Patriots assistants who have returned, um, that being Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, will have key roles on offense. There was some talk about them kind of splitting p- play-calling duties during OTAs. Phil, what can you tell us about, you know, what the plan is for, you know, the offensive play caller in 2022 for the New England Patriots?
1: Yeah, it's a curious situation, Daniel. It really is. And talking to people um, with the team around the league since McDaniels left, we're trying to figure out who's going to replace him. um, You've gotten a lot of perplexed reactions from people in the know that the Patriots didn't bring in a more experienced offensive coordinator especially with a quarterback who's only in his second pro season and so you know had it been Tom Brady who was still here and you're rolling with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia on the offensive side that would be one thing but uh, obviously a much different situation here so what I can tell you is it it does look like um, Joe Judge is the quarterback's coach based on what we saw this spring based on what we've heard from people in and around the team even though he doesn't have that title quite yet. That's what it looked like uh, during the spring. And that's what I'm anticipating. We'll see into the summer. Matt Patricia's role is a little bit more fluid. I would say because he did look like the offensive line coach this spring. So when It became seven on seven. You know, Joe Judge was really running that practice period for the offensive side. He was the one giving Mac Jones the plays. He was overseeing the whole deal. He was running it, but then it would go to 11 on 11 and Matt Patricia, who had been in the back corner of a practice with his offensive line, would come up and then it looked like he was the one sort of relaying the signals to Mac Jones. And Bill Belichick will tell you, what do we care about? Who's calling the plays in May and June? It doesn't matter. And he's right. Right. But it's such a weird situation. It's such a, a new situation for us following it. It's such a unique situation league wide that, you know, we're looking for every clue, every morsel that we can to, to tell us what's going to happen this season. And so I would say right now it looks to me like Matt Patricia is going to be what we consider eventually the offensive coordinator. And Joe Judge will be working closely with the quarterbacks, and they'll all work together to put together game plans, and Bill Belichick will be heavily involved. But I think Patricia will slowly go from looking like the offensive line coach to a guy who really helped Billy Yates, who was the assistant offensive line coach, who may be, become more of the guy for that position group. And then Matt Patricia kind of morphs and molds into um, – you know, potentially offensive play caller when the season comes around. So there's still questions left to be answered, but that that's my view of it right now.
0: Yeah, You, you say that it's kind of a, a unique situation. Dolphins fans will joke and say, no, nah, we experienced this last year. You know, you had George Godsey and Eric Stevesville going back and forth with Brian Flores about asking him who's, Calling the plays, and he's not wanting to divulge. Obviously, you know he comes from the Belichick tree. He's not wanting to, to divulge anything. So, Dolphins fans will joke and say, "Hey, we went through this last year. So, what's the worst that could happen?" And we know. Well, hey, the
1: let me ask year. you about that, Daniel. So, I mean, uh, Dolphins fans know, I'm sure. So, we don't have to get really heavy into it. But was one specifically more geared toward the run game, while the other was more specifically geared toward the pass game? Did they call plays depending on the situation? I mean, how did that work? And and you know, because you're right, maybe that gives us a little window into how things might end up working in New England.
0: Well, well, Eric Stutesville, who's still on staff with the new with the new coaching staff with Mike McDaniel, he wasn't remains the the running backs coach. So last year he was the running backs coach. He did have you know more of a hand in that. George Gotti was the tight ends coach, did have more of a role in kind of the passing game. But when it came to actually who was calling the plays, I mean. From a, on a week-to-week basis, I mean, there were various reports, different reporting on, like, no, it's this guy calling plays, this this guy calling plays. At one point, there was a report that the offensive uh, – excuse me, the quarterback's coach, Charlie Fry, was calling plays, and he, he kind of, like – danced around that he could have just said no but he danced around it ultimately it appears that uh that george got george gotzi actually was calling the plays um but again i mean i guess from from my perspective kind of from a media perspective it's one of those things where it's like almost like a, an accountability thing like you want to know who to go to to ask like the the questions like what were you thinking in this point when you were calling this play and doing this it, it's totally. more of an accountability point and for them again it's it's up to the team it's the team's prerogative the coach's prerogative if they don't want to tell you that but it's one of those things where like just for the accountability and to like let fans know too like who is actually in charge of calling plays in key moments, you know. Well,
1: and how about for the players? Right? You know, and, and think about Mac Jones going into his second season and he's got a pretty good grasp on the Patriots offense as it had been constructed for for years, really, with Josh McDaniels um, you know, for at the helm with Tom Brady for the majority of those. And he's got a good grip on this thing. And now all of a sudden they're going to change it a little bit. They're telling us they're going to streamline it. They're going to make it a little bit easier for, you know, not only Jones is their hope, but also the rest of the offense, the rest of these new guys that have not been here for 20 years. And that might not understand the language, the way it was set up when Brady was here. But if you're Mac Jones and you're not hundred percent sure who's in charge, you may know who's in your ear and who's giving you the plays, but is it bill? Is it, Matt Patricia? Is it, do I go to Joe judge? Do I have the leeway to just do whatever I want out here? Because I know more offense than probably a couple of the guys that are trying to coach me right now. Like, I think that is important too because he's going to have questions during the week. He's going to have plays that he prefers, you know, um, changes that he, he may want made to the game plan. And he could maybe go to any of those guys and feel comfortable and feel like those changes will be made. But it makes it more difficult. It's unnecessarily difficult, in my opinion. Yeah. When you have sort of this, at least to us, a hazy picture, maybe to them, yeah. Daniel, behind yeah, the yeah, down in there. They exactly maybe they've got the on. whole hierarchy in order. But I, to me, right now, if I'm Mac Jones, I'm going to Bill Belichick with everything because I know that guy's in charge. I, I'm not sure what's happening with, with the other two right now. I know Bill, and I know Bill's going to want his hands in this offense right now because he understands, you know, even if he really likes Judge and Patricia and he really trusts those guys, and he thinks they're really smart, and they know football, he understands how inexperienced they are on that side of the ball. And so he's going to be heavily, heavily involved. And so I would expect a lot of those conversations, the important offensive conversations, to be between Mac Jones and Bill Belichick.
0: Yeah, and there, there are even reports that, you know, I I, know I saw some video of, um, you know, Bill Belichick snapping to Mac Jones during OTA. So obviously it looks like he's kind of playing uh, or taking on a bigger role and just, you know, having his his say in, in there as well. Um, you know, really focusing on Mac Jones. It, it was such a strong year for him as a rookie, second in Offensive Rookie of the Year voting, um, being able to play his part, do his role and, and lead the Patriots to the playoffs. Um, I mean, what, how has he looked in OTAs during mini camp and, and what's, kind of the focus for him entering year two
1: yeah so I would say he's he's looked sharp now you say that with the asterisk right that everything's in shorts and t-shirts right now and you know the defense can't go all out and they're not you know uh, able to play through the catch point and create contact and all that sort of stuff but he he looked accurate as he did last year I would say he looked aggressive too in terms of his approach snap to snap it did look like and you'd expect this right for a player going into his second year, it did look like he was willing to try a few more things that maybe he wasn't willing to try last year at this time. And last year at this time, he's he's competing with Cam Newton, Cam Newton's the, you know, former MVP, big time personality. He's a captain the year before teammates, love him, respect him. He's, he's walking into a pretty difficult situation. So he's trying to skate his lane, learn an offense, try not to make too many mistakes this spring. There was a lot of, Pushing it down the field and seeing what I can get away with—that's how I read it. Uh, especially with some some new weapons, they drafted a rookie in the second round. Taekwon Thornton, who's a speedster yep. down the field guy. Devontae Parker, who you know very well, yep. who's you know, who's here to be the downfield presence that they really didn't have last year. And he's not a huge separator, and it's not like he's running a four-two anytime soon. But he's their best deep threat right now, you know, which. Might surprise people in Miami because the Dolphins' plane gave him away to a division yes. opponent. So they probably would say, "Have at it, you know. Good luck with that." Yeah. But that's that's the fact of the matter right now. They just didn't have anybody to threaten down the field last year, and they're hoping he can do that. So I would say he was a little bit more aggressive, um, but maybe his overall focus, Daniel, I think at least to this point, uh, has been physically. I, I think he's done a lot this offseason between working with Tom House, who's worked with a number of you know, named quarterbacks in the past, but Tom Brady being the name that he's worked with. Um, And he's, he's very open about the fact that I had him on my podcast, the next Pat's podcast during the season, last season, before they started working together. And we actually watched practice film of Mac Jones throwing the football. And he said, Oh yeah, there's, there's little things he can do here to help his arm strength. Um, You know, so he, I think he saw house this off season and they worked on a few mechanical things. He's also worked to sort of build himself up physically, uh, you know, we all know what the picture uh, was for him last off season yeah. uh, before the draft, and he's got the cigar in the mouth, and it looks like you know he he probably had had I don't know a couple too couple too, uh, too many
0: beers something like uh, that. Yeah. yeah a
1: hundred Alabama lights uh, yeah. you know in the, the week prior, but um, he really has done a lot of work on changing his body, and you could see it this spring. You know, even just talking to him, his his face was thinner, uh, and he you know he told us you know i would lost. Um, in terms of his body fat percentage that had dropped, he was trying to maintain his weight cause he wants to be able to take hits. So I think, you know, you're trying to replace some of that, that softer weight with, with real muscle. Um, and so, you know, people around here in New England are all over the social media stuff and, you know, his girlfriend's posting pictures of him flexing after a workout and, and everybody, you know, we'll talk about it on TV for a half an hour because it, it matters. You know, I think yeah. at the end of the day, uh, you mentioned how he had a really good year last year, which he did. It didn't finish well for him, and that included a loss down in Miami. And it just looked like he hit a wall, Daniel. So whether it was physical exhaustion, mental exhaustion, whatever he can do, mentally, physically, to be able to sustain better through the end of the season, you know that that could help him in a big way. It could make a big difference in the Patriots' record at the end of the year. So that's why fans are so caught up in it. They're so interested in it. You know, the arm strength thing. I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, Michael Vick out here or Dan Marino, you know, slinging it around. But if he can improve it a little bit and he can improve that arm conditioning a little bit so that he doesn't run into the wall at the end of the 2022 season, you know, I think you could see a a significantly improved quarterback. I really do.
0: Yeah. And and you mentioned, all the improvements that he's made, the strides that he's made, and that he's attempting to make in year two, but, but it's not just on him. Obviously you mentioned some of the guys that they've added, obviously one of those wide receivers is no longer here. You know, this is breaking news, Nick Hill Harry getting traded to the bears. Um, but again, Tyquan Thornton, um, Devonte Parker, it's the second year for uh, the two ends that they brought in Johnny e. Smith and Hunter Henry. I think that especially given the moves that we've seen really in the AFC, you know, the the Dolphins and all the offensive moves they made, um, you know, the the various moves around around the AFC. I think one big question I want to ask you is, I mean, do the Patriots have the offensive firepower to compete? I mean, we saw them, you know, go to the playoffs they, it seemed like they just really couldn't keep up with the Bills at the end of the day on, on either other side of, of the ball, but really on offense. I mean, do they have what it takes to really take that next level and not just be a team that is, you know, in the playoffs, but is a legitimate contender?
1: I'm not sure they're there yet. So here's what I would say is, you know, there's good news and bad news for Patriots fans. The good news is you've actually improved offensively in terms of your weapons from last year when you won 10 games and there was a point in the year before they got into that final stretch that I talked about where they're in line for the number one overall seed, and they're in the middle of the season. They're they're on this unbelievable run. Mac Jones himself, uh, I believe it was now, this is really cherry picking some stats, but it just tells you how hot he was at one point in the year, weeks seven through 14. He was, if you just take out that slice of the season, he was the second-highest-rated quarterback in football behind only Aaron Rodgers. So they went on a nice little run there after starting slow, which you'd expect with a rookie quarterback starting from week one. And I think had a lot of people's hopes very, very high here locally. And they've improved their weapons from there. Devontae Parker, again, he should make that receiver group better. Tyquan Thornton at least gives defenses – Something to think about down the field. I talked to a number of defensive coaches that game planned for Jones and the Patriots last year. And they said, listen, they weren't an easy offense to game plan for necessarily because the run game was pretty complicated. Just a number of concepts, zone, man, you know, gap schemes, duo, you know, outside zone, inside zone, power, like all sorts of stuff that they would run these, rant, these, these wham plays and these, you know, counter plays and trap plays. But passing wise, they were not concerned at all with the deep part of the field and it just made life easier for them. You saw safeties just crashing down towards the line of scrimmage at will because they didn't have to worry about doubling anybody over the top. You know, Jacoby Myers is a good player. Kendrick Porn is a good player, but they aren't beating you in that way down the field as explosive threats. So they've improved a little bit, but I still don't think they're there with the true contenders in the league. You know, they're, they're not there yet with Buffalo. They're not there yet with, you know, anybody probably in the AFC West, right? You know, I, you look at Miami's weapons in terms of explosive firepower, you know, Miami's weapons, you have to give the nod to them. Like I would, I like right now, I like Mac Jones more than I like Tua. And so, you know, we could talk about, you know, where the offenses are in, you know, overall, like in terms of how it all comes together. But if you're just looking at the weapons, like how could you not look at, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and yeah. Mike Kosicki and the athleticism they have, and say, Man, you could you're gonna give defenses real headaches week after week after week. So I don't think they're there yet to be true Super Bowl contenders. I would not, you know, I would not say they're in that mix. Sports Illustrated, I think, came out with 12 teams that could win the Super Bowl this year the yeah. other day. And the Patriots weren't included, and they probably shouldn't be included at this point in time. Uh but they've tried, <laughs> they just haven't probably done enough. Like Devontae Parker, if they get 2019 Devontae Parker, then you're OK, then you it's a can, different you can story. With, uh, yeah. yeah. But that's like that. If is the size of the studio, I'm you're sitting in right now. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, so you, you're you're you need a lot to break the right way for you for you to be one of those offenses that we're talking about.
0: That, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking. You know, I was, I was writing, you know, I was looking into all the the various rosters for the AFC East and, you know, I was looking at like the, the wide receivers and the tight ends and I'm like, there's nobody there that really scares me. But I think, like you said, the best case scenario was that like, maybe not that one guy is a star, but that you just get like better than expected contributions from it everyone especially a guy like Johnny Smith who was a great pass catching tight end um with the Titans didn't really have that big of an impact in his first year but if you get you know those two tight ends working and then you get, again, like the better than expected contributions from Devontae Parker. Hopefully, you know, for the Patriots, he can play 15, 16 games. Um, he's not missing six, seven games with, you know, nagging, you know, deep muscle stuff or deep tissue stuff. Um, and then again, you're not going to have a star out of that group most likely, but maybe somebody, you know, a couple guys step up and then you have a, you know, a, a above average passing game. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah, I would say one thing that is that's kind of interesting and, and might be interesting to, to Dolphins fans too, Daniel, because of where their new head coach is coming from. Uh, one thing we saw in OTAs and one thing that I think the Patriots will, will play around with emphasizing this year, um, though you talk with people on the team uh, and inside those walls, they'll, they'll tell you, listen, we, we're not sure what we're going to emphasize yet this year offensively because we don't know what we're good at yet. We, yeah. we still have to figure that out. This is a, this is a, a uh, fact-finding mission for us in the spring and early summer when we're trying to determine what our identity is going to be. But we saw a lot of Quote unquote Shanahan style concepts, yeah, right? So, that, yeah. you know, the wide zone running game where offensive linemen are moving in unison, they're hauling ass, they're just getting out of their stance, and they're going towards the sideline. Uh, and you're see, you know, and obviously, again, these run game plays in the spring with no pads, they look great, they always <laughs> look great, yeah. but you can see the scheme, right? You can see what the play looks like, and you know, it's instead of the Shaq Mason pulling guard coming around the edge and and lighting up a linebacker. It looked a little different this spring. So I think that's safe to say for us. You know, you did see some of the bootleg stuff off of those types of plays for Mac Jones looking to push the ball down the field. So if they end up doing that, one thing that I've heard from coaches that I've spoken to who do run that type of offense, which is obviously everywhere now in the NFL, is that that could really unlock in some ways the tight ends. Because yeah, the, yeah. the run game and the scheme that the Patriots have relied on for so long, being, being a real downhill gap scheme type of run game, you know, requires usually bigger bodies. And both, I thought both Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith struggled as, as run blockers last year, which surprised me. Not necessarily Hunter Henry because we knew that wasn't his game, but Johnu Smith was supposed to be pretty versatile, pretty capable run blocker. And he really wasn't. Um, But when I've spoken to people, again, who who know that offense, that Shanahan style offense, you know, whether you want to call it McDaniel or Shanahan or or McVay or whoever, you know, LaFleur, they're all running it now and they're all having great success. Uh, If they end up doing that, it just could put those tight ends in some better positions, not only as run blockers, but, you know, somebody like Johnny Smith. You know, if you can get him and just catch and run situations, get him the ball in space. I'm sure yeah. you guys have been talking about that ad nauseum down in Miami. Just get it to Tyreek in space, get it to Jalen Waddle in space, because that's what this offense seems to do so well, whether it's a wide receiver like Hill or Waddle or a tight end like George Kittle. If you can get the ball into your playmaker's hands in a good situation, that's going to help your offense. That's the kind of guy who Smith is. He's at least last year he was not a route runner. He was not a down the field playmaker. It was. Just get it to him on a bubble screen, get it to him on a swing pass, get it to him on a, you know, a shallow, uh, you know, under route. Uh, And those were the, you know, he didn't have many, but those were were the positive plays that he had. And so maybe there are more of those for him if they shift to this, this type of offense that is spread everywhere, including Miami.
0: Yeah, yeah, I didn't really think about as much like the impact of like that run concepts so on like the tight ends kind of setting up the run to the pass. I was thinking, you know, the Patriots drafted a really nice uh, running back in Pierre Strong, who I think is a perfect fit for that. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how how that offense develops, you know.
1: So so that's that's a great call because he was really effective in that kind of scheme uh, in college and their first round pick Cole Strange. Yep. He's a, he's a, nowhere. Yeah, nobody had any idea who this guy was, but that was the offense that that he ran in college was the same kind of thing. And he's a good athlete. uh, He's a smart guy. And so, you know, I, I, it would not surprise me if we saw a lot of that kind of stuff uh, this coming season.
0: Yeah. It looks like we're going to see that all across the FCE. So exactly. Definitely excited for that. Uh, We're going to take a short break, but when we come back on the other side of things, uh, we're going to get straight into Dolphins, Patriots, which team will finish with a better record in 2022. And then we, you know, we got to talk Tua versus Mac, Alabama QBs, uh, who are we feeling for 2022 and beyond? So stay locked with us.
1: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready?
0: Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The
1: Fall Guy.
0: Please do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall
0: guy. That's what the poster said.
1: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy.
0: Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
0: What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins and Debt podcast with Phil Perry, talking all things Patriots and Dolphins. So, uh... Like like I said, you know, this was a rivalry a matchup in 2021 that that really favored uh the Dolphins. You know, we we, we all remember that week one a win looks like Tua kind of threw the game away with that haphazard interception. Xavier Howard comes out of nowhere, strips the ball, uh preserves the season opening win. And then we fast forward to the final uh final game of the year. Um the Dolphins, you know, kicked out of playoff contention, the Patriots on their way to the playoffs, but, uh, the Dolphins still come out with a great performance and, and get that win to, um, sweep the Patriots for the first time. And I believe like two decades. Uh, so that was definitely, you know, in a, in what was ultimately, you know, a non-playoff contending year, um, that was still something that the Dolphins could kind of, you know, you know, uh, sit back on. Um, and again, the Patriots finished second in the division and they, they went to the playoffs, but when you look at, the moves that the Dolphins have made this year. I mean, that number two spot behind the Bills in the AFC East seems like it's wide open. And it seems like, I mean, the Dolphins are definitely, you know, they're not the team to beat, but maybe they're the second team to beat in the AFC East coming up. I mean, what, what do you think about the moves that have been made in the AFC East and how it's kind of sh- uh, shaping up?
1: Man, I, I love what the Dolphins are doing. I mean, I really do. Like, I think in some ways the Bills had the blueprint right. In terms of finding a young quarterback that you like, that you think has promise taking him in the first round, but don't stop there. (laughs) You have to help the guy out. You have to get him what he needs to succeed. And that's clearly what they're doing right now. So, you know, everybody talks about Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. I really like Cedric Wilson. I thought Cedric Wilson was somebody that, you know, maybe the Patriots would be after from Dallas after watching him have a really good game. Um, or just look like he was very difficult to cover when, when they played the Patriots, Um, you know, you add to the offensive line too. And, you know, Teron Armstead to get a lockdown left out, as long as he's healthy, you know what that guy is going to give you to have that spot short up Connor Williams. You know, I don't don't think he's going to be like an all pro center anytime soon, but he's better than what you had probably. Right. So they're doing all the right things and they're adding in the right places and they've added an offensive head coach you know, which I, I think matters. Um, you know, I think if he's able to have some success and stay, that only means good things for Tua. It only means good things for this team. You know, the Patriots, it's funny, they hadn't run into it in so long, this, this offensive coordinator turnover and what it might mean for the quarterback. But they've really been lucky. Like, if you have a defensive head coach and you have a good team, you're probably going to be turning over offensive coordinators Frequently relatively because, frequently yeah, and it pushed. doesn't it's not going to be good for your quarterback it it can't be you know so like the titans you know they're going to probably be turning over offensive coordinators for you know a number of years here and who knows what they end up with after Ryan Tano, but it's just it could it can make life hard for those guys so i like what the dolphins are doing the one question for me really with the dolphins because i do think it's close enough between Tua and Mac right now that it's not like if you argue that you love Tua better and and there are numbers that you could point to um, I tell on the you that. Side. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you could go either way right now. Um, the question I just have is with McDaniel. And so I have no idea what he's going to be as a head coach. He seems like an awesome guy to cover. I'm, yeah. I'm actually a little bit jealous of you Daniel, sitting here right now because yeah. I know you're going to get entertaining press conferences, whereas you know and I know what I'm going to get all year this year from Bill Belichick, yeah. which is fine and makes it, you know, it's, it's interesting just in a different way, much different way. So um, I just don't know what he's going to be in terms of a culture builder, uh, in terms of a tone setter. You know, I think some of those things are, are important. It's not just about how well, you know, the game and what your X's and O's knowledge is uh, and how much players like you. He seems like a player's coach. And I think that means more now than probably ever. I think players coaches, you know, we're going to see him across the league pretty soon here, just because of the, this generation of athlete, I think guys just respond to a different type of coaching than what yeah. we've seen in all honesty here in new England for a long time. Like I know here in new England, it it limits the players they're even considering or willing to draft is, you know, can a guy take hard coaching? It's one of the most important questions they ask in the pre-draft period, because that's just how things work here. And it's not how it works everywhere. Um, And so I'm just curious to see how it all works. Uh, You know, guys from that coaching tree, well, you call it the Shanahan tree or the McVeigh tree or whatever they, you want to They've been pretty they
0: successful. They've had a
1: ton of success. So I would, I would, you know, it would not surprise me at all if McDaniel just continues with that. But it's it's sort of TBD for me. It's it's, a pro,
0: it's it's definitely a projection, but the pieces are in are are in place. One thing that from an outsider's perspective on looking at the the pages that I'm curious about is there there are the questions about you know the offense and the play calling and whether there's enough skill position Talent at skill position. On the defensive side, you lose a guy like JC Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, you lose some some inside linebackers. I- I'm curious, like, I-, I think that we just kind of we give Bill Belchick the benefit of the doubt, which I believe that he should get. But again, I mean, I-, I really look at the roster and I'm like, is on both sides of the ball, is the talent there to keep up with the best teams in the AFC? And I'm not sure about that. I think that a lot of people are just kind of penciling the Patriots in, like, yep, definitely gonna win double digit wins, uh, definitely gonna be in the playoffs. And I'm like, I, I just don't know. I mean, we give Bill Belichick the, the benefit of the doubt, which he deserves after all these years of success, but I'm just looking at the rosters and the talent and I'm like, at some point you got to have the talent to field a competitive team week in and week out.
1: And you know, who would agree with you is Bill Belichick. I mean, he he's the one who calls it. It's a, you know, players, win games, coaches lose them. So yeah. you know, he understands it's a player's game. And, and they're the guys who, you know, for the most part, determine who wins and loses. Now, I still think Bill Belichick's a really good coach, but I also think that this could end up being one of the worst defenses that they've had in a decade or more. Uh, I believe, I have to go back and check this, but I believe, Daniel, they've been a top 10 scoring defense every year going back to the early 2010s, so about 10 years. And to me, I just don't see how they do that again with the group that they have right now. You know, you could make the argument Matt Judon's the best player. I thought he was very disappointing uh, really? for the last basically quarter of the season.
0: Well, it's, uh, interesting. And I, and I, it's interesting that you say that because I used to cover the Ravens um, and he was known for having like a really, really strong stretches where he would rile up, rack up a bunch of sacks and then he'd kind of be quiet. So it's interesting that on paper you see all these sacks, career high numbers, pobo, da, 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 and to hear you say it was kind of disappointing, that, that, that's interesting
1: he disappeared. I mean, he they needed plays badly against the Bills both in the regular season and in the playoffs and he was nowhere to be found. You know, I think I think Christian Barmore has a has a good chance of being by the end of this coming season being the best player on this defense, not Matt Judon. I, I think no. he's just got a lot of talent and he's going to end up being the guy that commands double teams. And maybe Judon ends up with the sacks because, because of that.
0: Yeah. But In to terms me, of Barmore, impact, yeah.
1: yeah, Barmore, oh. I think has a chance to be really good, um, but they've got nothing but questions at corner. They've got nothing but questions at linebacker. I would say both inside and outside linebacker. So they've got Judon, which is great. At least he's a starter. Like I like, I'm willing to say that he's a starting caliber player for sure. Who's on the other side and who's, you know, generating, generating pressure, potentially on the other side, Josh Uche. That's their hope. Second round pick great athlete hasn't done anything since he was drafted a few years ago. You know, Ronnie Perkins is a rookie last year. who didn't play at all. So they have questions everywhere on the defensive side. And you talk about Bill Belichick, you know, and and it's great to be able to lean back on that when Bill Belichick is able to spend a lot of time on defense, but we just got finished talking about how he has to be the guy on offense. So you know, now he's stretched thin potentially, and you're leaning on you know, Gerard Mayo, who's a highly respected guy and is beloved by the players and is already getting head coaching interviews. Somebody who who's worked with us here at NBC Sports Boston for years. And so I've got nothing but respect for the guy. Um, but it's not Bill Belichick, you know, it's 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 Gerard and it's Steve Belichick, Bill's son, yeah, who's yeah. going to be calling the plays probably. So we'll see how that goes. They, you know, they've they've had the benefit of having Bill with them a lot. These last few years since they kind of have taken over from Brian Flores starting in 2019. And I'm not sure they're going to have that anymore. So, you know, the, if you want to call them training wheels, the training wheels are off boys, (laughs) Gerard and Steve, like this is your show. You've got to, you've got to start making some chicken salad right away because the talent really is not there for you the same way it has been in years past. So I actually think despite the coaching concerns on the offensive side, that's the side of the ball that I have fewer questions about. That's the side of the ball that I have fewer concerns about. If I'm a Patriots fan, I look defensively and I look at the dolphins, for instance, and I'm saying to myself, who's going to cover Tyree kill or, or like, how are they going to try to do this? So we'll see. They drafted a couple of interesting guys that are undersized guys that are pretty good athletes that maybe can run with, with those guys. But, Man, it's it's again. It's asking a lot of of young players. They're putting some players in some tough positions on both sides of the ball this year.
0: Almost no, definitely going to be interesting to see how how that shakes out. Obviously, the the Dolphins and the Patriots play each other really, uh, you know, first week of the season. So we're going to see how that matchup goes. Real quick, I know that uh, you, we mentioned before, talked about it a little bit, but it seems like Tua definitely has the better setup for twenty twenty two. But long term, you still you're still taking Mac over over Tua.
1: I will right now. I I think um. Mac has the ability to be like a right now, at least I think he has the ability to exceed what we've seen from guys like Kirk cousins and Derek Carr. Like, I think he's already, I think last year he was kind of in their class. If you look at whether it's pro football focus grade or QBR, or, you know, there's a number of different statistical measures that we could, track and look at. And he kind of was already in a class with those guys last year. Mm -hmm. And and so I think he's going to get better. And I don't think he's a, you know, again, ESPN just came out with a top 10 list of quarterbacks. They pulled a bunch of front office people and he wasn't on that list and he shouldn't be on that list. But I think by the end of the year, he could be sniffing that list. I, I think he has that kind of ability. I'm not sure about Tua. I think We'll see. And I think the weapons that he's getting this year will help him a lot in that regard. And so maybe the conversation will change around him this coming year too, because he's in such a better situation.
0: Yeah. I do think that too, is going to have a really strong season. How good is that season going to be? That's TBD, but I do think the pieces are in place right there. So it's going to be fun to see how these two young Alabama quarterbacks uh, develop in the coming years. No doubt. Um, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins in depth podcast. I want to thanks for Thank Phil so much for joining me as we finish up our AFC East uh, preview. Uh, Phil, it's going to be fun to follow these two teams uh, of the coming months. Um, And uh, have fun at training camp, man. It's going to be good. I know it starts up into about two weeks.
1: No doubt. Same to you. And we'll see you soon, I'm sure. Daniel, thanks for having me, bud.